0: Welcome, everyone, to Scars and Spikes, MLS Opening Week Edition. Tommy
1: Moose with seven. Uh,
0: I, I stopped counting. Once we got past five, I'm like, we're not going to count them anymore. <laughs> we made it. Seven, eight, nine. Who knows? Yeah, i will make sense. Tommy Moose with Sidney Hunt, Tyler Pilgrim. We're here, guys. 72 hours away from the home opener.
1: How are we it's feeling? Close. It's close. I I'm I'm am super
2: excited. ready to go. I'm yeah. ready to go. I'm excited, cautiously optimistic about how Lenny United will do. And yeah, San Jose on Saturday, Tommy, you'll be
0: up here from or down here from Ohio. Should be a fun one. I packed my bags literally right before I got on. So I'm Didn't ready really- to go, even though I'm not leaving for a couple of days. But are you like
1: that kid that like you you packed like way ahead of Tom and like because you're just so excited. Like, do you, Are you that kind of guy?
0: No, that's my wife. She's, oh. <laughs> but she, she's she been pushing me to do it. So my flight's at mm-hmm. six in the morning on Friday. So I got to be up Ew. at like four. Ew. Yeah. It's well, gross. Fun of that.
1: Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> and then you're going to get here and, what, go to Ponce and hang out all day?
0: A lot of drinking, a lot of eating, then hanging mm-hmm. out at some tailgates. That's that's my plan for the whole weekend. Oh, I'm going to the Hawks game, too. Well, With Hawks. The new team coach? You had... yeah,
2: yeah. Your interim head coach, but. New coach, essentially. I forget yeah. his name, but apparently he's been assistant in the NBA in forever. And now, Atlanta, I, I was going to say Atlanta United, but the Hawks are in the market. So.
0: A lot, a a lot new of coach, coach firings in Atlanta time. over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta's a lot of it, but yeah, we're, I mean, Atlanta United has gotten quite a few over the times.
1: The sports landscape in the past, what, three years in Atlanta? has been flipped on its head. It's kind of wild to think about mm-hmm. between COVID and everything else going on. Um, Braves. Bra- yeah, the Braves. Braves. And it's not even just the coaches, it's players. Like, you mean, talk about the Braves, talk about Freddie Freeman, of course Joseph here at Atlanta United. And then, I mean, I don't know a ton about the Hawks, but it, it just seems like, you know, they have one good season and then things just get flipped on their head. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. its yep. It's been all over the place. <laughs> yep.
0: But let's stop talking about sad things. We got exciting things to talk about today, we right?
1: Do we do. Tell we're them tell talk, about everything we got to talk about.
0: We got a lot. We got uh, two big trades to talk about. Well, one little trade and then a, a bigger trade. Uh, we're going to preview Atlanta San Jose. We're going to talk about the playoff, new playoff format. And from my understanding, this podcast is going to get a playoff spot because literally everybody else
1: is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we get a participation trophy. I think
0: we—I mean, we'll probably get knocked out by New York City, you know, at Yankee Stadium. But whatever, we'll, we'll be there. Postage I mean, post, post stamp sized pitch and all of that, <laughs> right? And yeah, I mean, we've got playoff or we've got our predictions for the season. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about and we'll predict what we think is going to happen today, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. Talk about if we're going to win, we're going to lose. Is Gigi going to show up? I highly doubt it. But mm-hmm. it and be also,
1: fine. I think this is a good time uh, as we as we give it a couple more minutes for somebody I don't know somebody to come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> we as a group, because you guys know we do this, and and Tommy doesn't live here. Uh, me and Sydney live on opposite sides of Atlanta, so that's basically pretty much any given day, like a three hour drive with traffic. So, uh, <laughs> but we will all be at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, on opening day. So um I think we're gonna try to, if possible, and depending on how inebriated certain people are, um <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna tra- <laughs> we're gonna try to uh hop in on um coach Steve. A lot of you guys know know Steve on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. But uh they always do the Heineken halftime bar meetup. So we're gonna try to hop in and photobomb him and everybody else and uh we'll be at the home depot backyard at some point hanging out and uh just chilling and we'll probably you know obviously that'll be at halftime the backyard will be well before the game Yeah. but any of you guys that that listen and uh you know we we, we want to see you guys we want to hear from you guys we want to hear what y'all think about the show and what we can do better and what sucks and how much you're tired of hearing me ramble <laughs> and talk about our midfield
0: <laughs> I'll buy I'll buy someone a drink if they come by and and say hi. I mean I'll hey, probably you will, I don't know if I'll remember it, but I'll be around everywhere. There you go. And by the way, um,
2: little spiel I have to give if you're watching for the first time or listening for the first time. Uh, first off, thank you so much. You know we can't do it without you. If you're watching, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. That way you know we have content coming up the second it hits the channel. Uh, obviously, follow us on Twitter of scarves the learner and spikes on instagram as well as scarves the word and spikes and yeah a lot to come more to come from us the three of us and you know we're trying to light up some great guests now that the season is here so really looking forward to it
1: yep and um so uh, at, at risk of being called a traitor uh if you guys get a chance I sat down and had a conversation with um one of the kind of up and coming youth national team uh defenders named Brandon Craig. The reason I say at risk of being called a traitor is because he does play for Philly. Mm-hmm. So um that's his club. But yeah, Brandon Craig, he he helped um he helped the the U20s get into the Olympics, qualify for the Olympics. Uh they won the Concacaf championship. So I sat down and chatted with him a few days ago, got an article about it on Starsandstripesfc.com. If you guys get a chance to go check that out, it's a it was it was a fun, it was a fun chat. It was a fun time. He was actually sitting on the um the beach, because this was during Philly's preseason. He was sitting on the beach in Clearwater, Florida, doing this interview with me, and his teammates were in the background, and they were giving him all kinds of crap. They were they were throwing, you know, sand throwing toys at him while he's in the middle of talking with me so <laughs> but yeah uh it was a good time if you guys get a chance it's on stars and obviously as well check out dirty south because we always have our recaps here and then we have plenty of news coming out a lot of news coming out right now so uh and we'll yep. get to that but we have somebody very special who is coming mm-hmm. on and uh and we we want to introduce him and get him in here so tommy you want to tell everybody who that is
0: well, I'm going to fangirl here because I'm a huge wrestling nerd. So I'm just,
1: you guys, have, you
0: know, Tyler, you were really excited about Chad Nuga, you know, bringing in the coach here. I'm going to fangirl lead announcer of Monday Night Raw and now part of the Apple broadcast team, Kevin Patrick Egan.
1: Hey. Hey. hey What's up, fellas? How are we? How's it going? How are you
3: Good. Oh, great. Good. Tommy, Tyler, Sydney. Thanks for having me on. No need to fangirl, guy. <laughs> Tommy. Come on
0: how are you (laughs) he makes it sound like we're not
3: as excited though like
0: i've got (laughs) two levels you guys aren't wrestling nerds like i am so i've got two (laughs)
2: levels of them I i will give a quick disclaimer kevin i'm not a as big a wrestling fan as tyler and tommy but hopefully that's fine i'm a big soccer fan as you know so
3: yeah of course i sorry i'm a few minutes late i was actually i have an excuse i was on the phone with we were on the line with carlos gruezo ahead of the match so uh just catching up with Some San Jose players and Luchi Gonzalez um, before the game. So, apologies, I'm a few minutes late.
1: Not at no No worries, no no worries. That's that's, hey, that's what we're here to talk about. You got it. You got a new gig.
3: Yeah, really excited. What an honor! Like to be able to continue to tell the story of the league. It's uh, you know I was part of broadcast in 2012. I remember like my very first broadcast in Major League Soccer was the um, Chicago Fire game away at Montreal, Montreal's first game in the league in 2012 and we broadcasted that match from the NASCAR studios in Charlotte. Think about that. Like the match was in the Olympic Stadium in Montreal and we did it from the NASCAR studios in Charlotte because of budget reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think the league has has come on and grown so much since then and to be part of this now this this revolutionary deal for 10 years Apple will be calling the games and I think it, there's going to be teething problems. There's going to be little setbacks here and there but everybody knows that you you know at least we all do on the inside we we know we have to just keep going and make sure that this becomes a success which i have no doubt it will
0: well at but least you have we're... a future with apple i was going to say because bally's has been in the news quite a bit recently
3: yeah yeah i mean it, it look it, it switches gears for us all i want to do is look forward and and already i'm really excited to work with kindred east St. Auburn. Uh, our producer is amazing for this for this first game um and yeah, Mercedes Benz Stadium, fifty-five plus thousand, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, let's let's see what w- what sort of crowd it actually is, and a game that I think if we're doing an over under on goals, I don't care what you throw at me, I'm picking the over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right there with you. It's, it's gonna be nil all now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. <laughs> so, how did going back, but to the the original, I guess, conversation? How did the Apple deal? How did this whole thing come up to you was how was it brought up to you because we saw on that original list of announcers that came out we got a little worried we're like no no where'd, i mean where'd I for, go? For,
3: for a lot of us quite honestly that was simply people that were signed and ready to go at that point and i hadn't signed so gotcha. that's that's just being honest um like anything you, you want to make sure you you're, you're good with reading through the entire contract if you want to change one or two things that that can take a little bit of time so um they wanted to go ahead with a launch day and there was 18 broadcasters you know that were announced before the launch day, and I, th- I believe something like sixty two since then. So I honestly didn't care. I, I like it would have been cool to be out in California for the launch, but at the same token, I just I'm just so happy to be a part of it.
2: And yeah, I, and I don't I don't think a lot of United fans were too worried that you would be a part of the MLS season's task, considering your work with the club. But um, we signed off for the last time last season with you. Jill and Mo, did you kind of think that would, that would be your last time calling matches for Atlanta United?
3: That- no, no, I, I didn't. But then again, maybe that's been a little bit cocky or, or, or have a little bit of self-belief or whatever else. I just, I, I, I love the league and I, 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 I just, I want to see it grow and I want to be part of that growth. If I can, like I see my kids, you know, kicking a ball all the time. And, and I've said this many times before and I'll say it again, I'd pick being part of major league soccer over any other league around the world as a broadcaster. Because I truly believe in the in the trajectory of Major League Soccer and where it's going. But also, more important than that for me, I want to go to games with my kids and with my family as a fan of the game on off days and enjoy it. And I just, I, I, I crave that. So I, I'm, I'm in love with the league, happy to be telling its stories. And um, I'm, I'm just so happy that it's a, it's a coincidence that the first game for me, a lot, a lot of the broadcasters I've been speaking with them haven't gotten their old teams at all in their first uh, first batch of games that they've been given. And it just so happens that I'm at Mercedes Benz Stadium. So uh, it, roll it, it on kind Saturday.
1: kind of feels like destiny, right? Like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody wanted, everybody wants the original crew, right? Like, you know, you three. Of course, Mo and, and Jillian, they're doing their thing, which is great. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've got their own set of responsibilities now. But I think everybody was kind of having their fingers crossed like, are we going to get Kevin back for this first one? Um, so no, just super I, excited. I I don't
3: think so but thank you. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> no, I tell, the fan base was was excited when uh when that was announced that you were going to be there. So super excited about it. Um are there specific crews like with with you and Kendra and then the other I guess pairings? Are y'all tied to a certain like geographical region or is it is it just kind of up in the air where you guys end up at?
3: So far I can't give anything away in terms of where we're going, but I I have um No Western conference games so far, I don't think. Okay. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it it may, it it may not make sense to send somebody from Miami to Vancouver to cover a game financial sense. I mean, it makes no sense actually in any way when you've got so many broadcasters. So they may work it that way. They may not like they They may want a certain team covering a game in Seattle. That's, they may have tiered their teams, you know, um, for all I know. So I, look, I don't care. I've, I've said this to so many of the broadcasters when we've been, we've all been chatting, by the way, it's been hilarious. Like we've all become (laughs) friends over the years, the majority of us. So there's probably, you know, six or seven different broadcasters that I was in touch with closely throughout the process. Some of them didn't make it in, which was devastating. And, and, you know, people that love, love, love the league. And some folks have been part of the league for a long time and just bleed major league soccer and are devastated to, to, to not be a part of it going forward. So I, I, like I said before, when I when I say I'm grateful, I genuinely mean it so much because there are other others that are you know, tremendous human beings and excellent broadcasters that aren't part of it going forward. For now at least, that is.
2: Yeah. And you kind of mentioned, you know, just your excitement for MLS season pass, being able to cover the league for Apple. Um, and you kind of touched on the fact that, you know, a little bit on the fact that broadcasters will be covering the matches on site as opposed to what you're doing, like you were just talking about over a decade ago but i mean other than yeah other than the examples you mentioned what really excites you about mls season pass and how apple is going to cover mls
3: first and foremost for me my life is about to be nuts for this for this year (laughs) with with uh with travel you know leave on a friday get back on a tuesday with little kids tyler i was talking to you a little bit about that in, in the emails going back and forth before this um and it's It's the fact that I can watch any game from anywhere. And I know everybody's pumping that, you know, through our, our, whether it's social media or, or, like even when I order an Uber these days, there's MLS season pass advertising comes up on Uber, which is so cool. But my parents can watch it back in Ireland. Like that for me is legendary. Like the fact that my dad can open up MLS season pass on his phone, if we're broadcasting a game from Atlanta on Saturday night, they stay up so late in Ireland anyway, that for them (laughs) to watch a game kicking off at 1230 is fine. Uh, That works also for preparation for me, like thinking about getting on a plane and logging on to MLS Season Pass and watching a match from the previous week while I'm on the plane. I'm reading a book called Essentialism right now, and it's about how to get more done by doing less and, and working you know, in the most sensible way that you possibly can. So MLS Season Pass is going to help me an awful lot in that sense.
1: I need to read that book. <laughs> yeah, I need, it's to good.
0: That book. I need to live that book. <laughs> yeah, me too. Tell me about it. <laughs> no, but um, you talked about... You talk about like
2: the global scope of it. I mean, yeah. over 100 countries. You mentioned Ireland, you know, the UK as a whole, Wales, um, Europe. I mean, essentially everywhere you go, you'll be able, like you said, to watch it. And I think really leading up to 2026, this is really, to me, a watershed moment for MLS because yeah. it really exposes the league on a global scale um, that it hasn't really been exposed to, well, it hasn't been really exposed in the past. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's one of the things that, you know, I'm excited about. I'm sure a lot of other people are excited about too.
3: Yeah. And and honestly, Sydney, it's not just the fact that it, yes, that is the case. Everybody can watch it, whether you're in Australia or whether you're, you're, you're somewhere, you know, in the North pole, Santa Claus can whip out a phone and watch it as well. (laughs) It's, it's the fact that it's Apple too. Like what do Apple do? and fall short on like not much, you know, they, they really put the resources in and the brains that they have at HQ to make sure that this is a success. So what, what I'm seeing through all our meetings that we're having and training and and, and whatnot, the studios are looking so cool up in New York. Um, The, 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 the facilities, the, the training we're getting, the conversations we're all having at such a rapid speed, like it's a race to the start line right now for everybody. And it's, it, like I said, we will have teething problems. that's a given, but that's okay once you know that in advance. and we all know that, and we're all going in with the right attitude, I think. so hopefully for everybody watching, you won't be you know disrupted by that and you have a great watch you know viewing experience.
0: You know, I had someone uh, reach out to me yesterday because T-Mobile offered the MLS pass yeah. for free, and he said, "I've never watched MLS, but now that I have this." I'm going to check it out. And people love free stuff. So, I mean, I think that's great for the, for this for the first year too. And I don't know, maybe it'll happen every single year. Uh, Apple, or I'm sorry, uh, the MLB pass is always on T-Mobile every single year. So, I think that's another great way to expand the league is, you know, giving it away for free for at least the first season. Yeah, true, true. Uh, and, and my wife is always saying, do
3: we need TV? Because I, I, really, <laughs> I don't really watch too much, you know, TV anymore. A lot of people are cutting the cord. And if you were hanging on for Major League Soccer, well, now obviously you can you can do what you want and cut the cord and just rely on MLS season pass.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a point of contention. That uh, <laughs> it, it was it Me was a big too. conversation last year. I'm not ready to cut it yet. No <laughs> way. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so, just to pivot away a little bit from the Apple thing, but specifically Atlanta because you've been calling them for so long now. Uh, what what are your thoughts right now on and uh, as the team as a whole in terms of changes that have been made moving forward guys that are coming in. What, what do you think? What, I mean, as a, as a fan, yeah. what, what do you
3: think? Probably cautious optimism in a way we were, you know, when you think about the entire fan base, probably just a little bit scarred after last season. The, the, I, you talk to so many people that, that around the league that will say that's the worst injury crisis I've ever seen in a team. And you start to forget about some of the injuries that were two, three months long, like, like an Emerson Heinemann, for example, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know Aruju missed some time uh, Joseph was was in and out uh, throughout the year really and then the big ones obviously Brad Dylan Castanera behind him Bobby Shuttleworth retires I mean the team used five goalkeepers am I missing anyone was there six like five goalkeepers what a, what a, what a tough time for goalkeeping coach Liam Curran and, and all the coaches for that matter um so, uh, Miles you know huge one Ozzy Alonso ACL like the list goes on it's crazy uh, Santiago Sosa missed significant time so to, to, to have a clean bill of health or, or close to it as of right now, to bring it get a miles in from the beginning, um, to get Brad, your captain back, who's such an emotional leader. Gutman missed a boatload of time last year as well. Let's not forget. I, I, I think things will be an awful lot better. The concern is, is just, I want to see it work. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I really want to see like, who's going to be in the midfield. We know there'll be some adjustments for, for match day one and, uh, and then further forward, you know, the, maybe the two players I'd love to see the biggest jump from would be the two Brazilians, Luis Araujo and um, Mateus Ossetu. You know, I think they've, they've got so much talent, so much ability, and now I think hopefully they should be ready to take their game to the next level.
1: I think Araujo, we mentioned it on the show last week, Araujo has been the one that, to me, and it's, and it's kind of strange for an attacking player, but to me, he's been the most consistent player in the preseason. Again, the preseason games, yeah. I get that. But Pineda, he mentioned a few days ago that he, after the AmFam cup, actually that he wanted Arujo to be as he was in 2021 when he first got here. And we know how exciting he was. And to me, seeing him in Chattanooga and the little bits and pieces that we've seen from the other matches. And then of course the AmFam cup, he, he seems like he's taken whatever conversation, whatever break that he needed and he's run with it literally. And, uh, and yeah, but I agree with you. I think he, I think everybody could agree that he needs to be the one, especially as a DP that steps up. And okay. the league, the league doesn't
3: feel that way. Like if you talk to people for like fans of other teams around the country and Canada, they don't see him in that like elite bracket yet, but Atlanta United fans know it and they can yeah. see it. Like that goal against Cincinnati after five minutes, when he first burst onto the scene was staggering. Like if any, if any player did that, like if Killian Mbappe did that and we're, t- we're talking about it all the time. Um, you know, he had no right to take on five, six players the way he did and, and, and yeah. finish in the way that he did. It was a beautiful goal. It's just can he do it now consistently? And his numbers, we all oh, look it's, they've been dragged through the mud. We all know his numbers last year in terms of like conversion rate, like pop shots from distance. If he can be a little cuter, a little smarter with his decision making, a little savvier, well then I, I think Luis Araujo could have a could have an outstanding season. And it also helps on the far side that you're gonna have natural width with a Derek Etienne Jr. or a Caleb Wiley that like to stay wide, that's gonna help Tiago Almada an awful lot as well.
2: So obviously the big story is of course Joseph Martinez going to enter Miami and Yorgos Yakimakis coming in from Beautiful pronunciation Sydney. <laughs> say it again, Sydney, say it again. Yorgos Yakimakis. Well done. <laughs> Love
1: it. Hey, we've gone through it on this show. <laughs> oh awesome. man, we went back and forth. Definitely what should what definitely. should
3: the goal call be if Yakumakis scores, what should it be?
0: Oh
1: my god. I don't know. <laughs>
0: You're not over it yet, Tommy, are you? <laughs> if we bring up Joseph, we have to light the candle. This is every this enough. is every episode. That's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it Yaka? Like here. oh, there you go. There, there we, we go. go. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Cheers.
2: <laughs> nice. But um, I'll have to get back to you, Kevin, on that goal call. But um, uh, no, um that that's of course it, it's gonna be the big storyline, right? It's around Atlanta United, how yakamak is integrates himself into the league not just atlanta atlanta united but into league as well he has yeah. some success with celtic of course he has some success in the netherlands uh, th- again that's gonna be
3: the big story and- is it the big story though is it well like for you for them. you you want it it's one of them but i don't get that sensation right now that feeling yeah. that they, that if yakimakis doesn't score three goals in his first five games that we're all gonna like I and I the reason I say that is I think he's going to be a, a I'm sorry if I cut you off Sydney apologies no. um it, I, I think he's going to bring his teammates into play I think he's I think he's a better suited player potentially for this system with the players around him than Joseph was and and I have to be careful when I say that I, I take into context where Joseph was when he left and the last few seasons and he hasn't been the player that he was in 17 18 and 19 I I think he'd say that himself you know Joseph will always be the king of the south in Atlanta United fans' eyes, and and I for one, I'll say this now, I'm incredibly grateful that I, as a broadcaster, was along for the journey and was able to call so many of his brilliant goals. Like when I see him again, I want to go up and give him the biggest hug and kiss in the cheek and thank him for the memories, you know. But I think it's yeah. one of those ones that I, just my honest opinion, I feel it's a good move for for all parties. Um, for Joseph, I hope he goes down and I hope he starts banging in the goals for Miami. I really do. I wish him the best because he's a top class fella. And for Atlanta, I hope Atlanta are a better side without Joseph now because we've we've moved on. The team has moved on, um, and if Atlanta United is relying on Joseph Martinez not scoring goals to make the playoffs, well, then that says something about Atlanta United rather than Joseph, right? So, like the, the club is big enough and bold enough to to be able to move on and make the playoffs without worrying about what what the striker down in Miami is doing.
2: Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. Definitely interesting point. Um, yeah, it, but. Yeah, going back to Yakimakis real quick. Um, I'm sure you've seen your share of uh, the Premiership, and Mark, who watches the show all the time, has a good call. Yorgos Yakalazo, I think pronouncing <laughs> <seeing> it that right. Yorgo's <laughs>
3: <Bar-Colazo> again.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm sure you've seen your match of Scott, or your share of Scottish Premiership matches. Um, if so, what what are your impressions of Yakimakis? What you saw from him, or what you've seen from him thus far overseas?
3: Well, first of all aside from the actual play, he screams passion. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a few friends over there and they're like, he is so lovable. And that's, that's the aspect that I think Atlanta United fans will, will latch on instantly is his passion for the game. Now you throw in an Andrew Goopman, who I've said before, I think could, could captain Atlanta United for the next 10 years, um, you know, or close to that. Uh, then you, you, you get uh, Brad back. You get Ozzy Alonso potentially back. And all of a sudden, you're looking around this team going, there is it, characters. And for so long, with, with so many injuries, Atlante and I were a very quiet team, a very timid team with without leaders. And that's one of those intangibles that you you, have to, you absolutely need. You can't quite point at it and see it, but the players can feel it. The fans can feel it. And Yakimakis will bring that straight away. He's already brought personality in his yeah. press conferences that we've all yeah. enjoyed. And then as a player, he's... He's going to give you that dart across the six, and I don't want to keep going back and forth comparing. Um, but I think that I think that Brooks Lennon is going to be the player. Like we can talk about it now, and we can revisit this in nine months. And Brooks Lennon will be the player that will benefit most from Yorgos Yakimakis in the side.
1: Hmm. I totally agree that the height, I, and it kind of goes back to some things that we talked about last year. A lot that points that came up. With the, the style that Pineda wants to play, there's there just weren't really any big-bodied guys in the box to to kind of yeah. cause chaos. Joseph was in a system that wasn't suited, I think, to his strength that he had, you know, back in the day. And, and that's fine. Teams have to evolve. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think Brooks Lennon is a good shout. Um, and he was one of the ones that, as you mentioned earlier, he was one of the ones that was injured. Kind of a freak accident, right? Like in Montreal or Toronto or wherever it was. Like, he just slipped yeah. on a... Part in, in of the, the, the You're
3: right, Toronto before the warm-up or in the yeah. warm-ups. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's just wild. Like it was just an unlucky year. So. Write
3: that one down is I mean, this is it's hard to believe. Yeah. I, I need to do this before Saturday, just write down every single player that missed, say, over two weeks um with injuries. And it's a long list of 13, 14 guys uh, for Atlanta United. So I wish Gonzalo Pineda the best because Gonzalo is he, he's got such a wonderful mind for the game. The coaching staff are tremendous the vibes the culture in the group is outstanding like there's so many things moving in the right direction for atlanta united and now you got to execute you got to make it happen on the pitch
0: you're gonna run out of ink with writing all those names down that <laughs> right, now seriously tommy <laughs> right. well kevin right. i i'm i'm the wrestling nerd here so i have to tell you a quick story go for it didn't know you were going on to Monday night raw i'm cooking food in the other room and i hear your voice wait what were you cooking i'm starving over here what were you no. cooking you got to <laughs> tell a the years story ago, <laughs> probably a steak around march okay but i i hear you and i run in and i see you on on raw and i start screaming to my wife <laughs> because i'm just excited i need to talk to somebody uh, about this she runs down and she starts screaming that you're on there and it it was it was a fun moment and it was shocking so my question is how did you get involved with the WWE? Yeah,
3: I mean, I was—I've said this before. I was—I was shaving. I was getting ready to go on CNN, and I got a call, and um, there were some headhunters uh, looking at broadcasters, and there were many auditions going on, and and I, I got asked what I like to go for an audition to be a broadcaster, and I jumped mm-hmm. at it. Um, I it was during you know COVID. It was early 2021, like January. So I drove to Tampa, and blown away by the experience couldn't wait to get a phone call to say i got the job but that's all i was thinking about was like you're gonna get it you're gonna get it. focus on you focus on the positives here and uh the call came through from my boss and yeah it was uh, it was a it was a it was a cool chat to say would you like to be a backstage reporter and then i'm very grateful that it led to hosting the kickoff panels with kayla braxton and 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 now you know unfortunately for Jimmy Smith you know, he was moved on and I was told right you're in the hot seat and I love Jimmy Jimmy's still a, a great friend and but I was told right you're up you're you're next in line so like okay let's go for it
0: did you watch wrestling before you did I the mean, interview
3: it, not, it was hard before I worked with WWE I was never an avid fan like you but I like it was hard not to know what was going on in the attitude era throughout school and growing up but I did have to do an awful lot of studying and I continue um, to, to watch everything I can to, to more more so for me, it's talking to everybody when I'm in there, or just being a sponge around some of the greatest minds to ever do it, like the likes of an Edge, um, that I can I can lean on. Like I'm I'm working with Corey Graves every Monday now, and I I can't tell you how much he's helped me. He's he's been so helpful um, with knowledge of the industry, and, and then I think he sees my growth in terms of knowledge of the business and the industry as we chat, and we'll go for a beer after the show or um uh, go for a coffee the morning of the show and we'll just talk we'll talk psychology we'll talk about characters and it's been it's been a lot of fun i've i've been eternally grateful for the opportunity to do this right now and, and to hopefully continue to do it for quite some time
0: well for someone new to the business you're you're doing a hell of a job <laughs> thank
3: you i'm learning a million things every week so i appreciate that
0: <laughs> we're so gonna there's see
2: a lot- a, um or are you going to see a storyline with Kevin Patrick in the ring at some point? Do you think? Or
3: I'm keeping the head down, Sydney. You know? <laughs> <laughs> keeping the head down. I've been threatened on that desk already a few times, so I'll just.
0: I've seen people get anyway. thrown at you, at, you know, while you're behind the desk. So oh, always yeah. interested to, to hear your reaction. It's it's a very challenging role.
3: It's a, it's incredibly challenging because you're, yeah. you, you could have someone thrown across and your desk is like my first day on the job. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar went through my desk after two, I say my desk, Corey and I's desk, the announced desk, after two minutes, and I'm watching Bobby Lashley pummel Lesnar, and I'm watching all my notes get shredded to pieces <laughs> two minutes into my first day on the, role, the, the Raw premiere on October 10th, and I, I, I wanted to just go, ah, fur. <laughs> but, I, you know, you gotta, you got to stay professional and keep what on What have I forward. walked
1: into? <laughs>
3: yeah. Was, it's, been, it's been so enjoyable, though. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in mentally, physically, everything. So it's it's going to be a wild ride this year. But just feel very lucky.
0: Well, there's a lot of wrestlers that come from Atlanta. Yeah. are any of them in Atlanta United fans? Yeah, I mean i've
3: I've been on to I've been on to AJ Styles about hammering the Golden Spike, and uh, AJ would definitely be up for that. I need to speak with with someone at the club. Like Xavier Woods from the New Day would love to come out and hammer the Golden Spike and go to a game. So uh, Cody Rhodes. Doesn't live too far away. He's here in Atlanta too. So yeah, we got we gotta we gotta get some guys out. I know Corey Graves asked me for an Atlanta United jersey today, so I might see if the club can get him one with Graves on the back. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah, him come so,
1: in and nail the spike. That'd be that'd be sweet.
3: Yeah, he said though. He, he's like, well, I, I want to do it with you. We're podcast partners with After the Bell, so we'd go do it together. And I was like, I don't, they don't want me to do the spike. They want you to do the spike. <laughs> I'll just walk
0: alongside and I'll show you where to go. <laughs>
1: Stand there. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I've been tweeting you since since you got on the show about getting a wrestler onto the spike. So I'm glad that no, ex- maybe I subconsciously got to you there. No, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I deleted Twitter off my phone, and
3: I'm I'm not really using Twitter like like I used to. And it goes back to that whole es- essentialism thing. I just I find like I'm, I'm better off. Mm. My my time is spent elsewhere rather
0: than because I'll I'll end up scrolling. You know, we all know what that's like on Instagram and Twitter.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I know, and I, I think Alexa Bliss is an Orlando City fan. I've seen her with some jerseys, so you got to start trash talking That's my the bit. ring announcer getting her out there. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. We're we'll rolling this weekend, guys. How are we all feeling about it? Have you
1: given predictions yet?
3: Not yet. Not yet. We were
1: going to do that at the end, but we yeah, can do it right now. It
3: now. I'm not giving a prediction. Don't ask me for one. I'm calling the game. That'd be rude <laughs> of you guys. I'll I'll go with the over though. Whatever. I think I think we're going to see goals, but there's question marks about both teams' defenses. I don't have question marks around any particular part of the Atlanta defense. It's just more, for me, how's Brad and Miles after gruesome injuries to their Achilles last year? You just want to kind of see them in a Major League Soccer match. Like, preseason is one thing, but you want to see them at the pace of an MLS game and, and know that they're back, if you know what I mean. You know, like, Gutman and, and Brooks Lennon, I think Atlanta United are incredibly lucky to have those two players so reliable. And then, let's see what Abraham is like, because uh, for me, Parata was outstanding for, for half season. You know, to already be the, the highest-scoring defender in Atlanta United history after a few months is pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see, let's see what we get. I think we're going to see a lot of goals, though, because there are question marks about San Jose's defense. 5-4 Atlanta, says <laughs> D. Graham. I mean, that would be a fun game.
1: That would You're be... not going to have a
0: voice after that.
3: No. <laughs> you, think, you think about the, the San Jose-Atlanta games over the years have all been fun. Um, yeah. So the yeah. one out in San Jose in 18 was mm-hmm. exceptional. Was crazy. Yeah. So I I I hope it's a fun game. I I I mean, coaches don't want to see a lot of goals conceded. There's three two from Ariel Acosta. Uh, this is such a fun show, guys. You have well done on setting setting oh, this up. This is we appreciate it. This is immaculate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope we get some goals. I hope we have some fun. And and yeah, I'm calling it down the middle now, guys. I'm I'm uh yeah. you know 50 50 broadcaster. So yeah. wherever I am the following week, that's the role. So i'll be i'll be diving right in alongside kindred east and Auburn.
1: Awesome. we're super excited for you man um and I, you got a you got a family to get to i want to respect your time i want to get want to get you no no appreciate get you to it. be able to go go read some stories um i got really quick yeah just to end on a on a little bit of a fun note three really quick questions just first thing that comes to your I'm mind ready. i'm All ready <laughs>
3: right.
2: favorite landing united
1: goal oh man i <laughs> I just, I
3: just thought of Miggy, May 20th, 2017. Everyone always, yeah. like not everyone, but people bring up the whole peach from the Paraguayan thing. For me, it was more than that. It was my first game in Atlanta. It was the first goal of the game. It was the fact that the rain delay happened and the, the music from from the anthem singer went and Andrew Carlton made his debut at 16 and it happened to be on my birthday. My brother flew in and surprised me that day with his, with his wife and my, my wife was there as well. It was like a magical, magical night. So for yeah. Miguel to to... To, to hammer that one home early, like sent the crowd into raptures. I mean it was it yeah. was a fun, fun were we all there? Were you guys there for that one? I was I wasn't
1: able to be there, unfortunately. Yeah, no. that was
3: that was a that was an epic, quite epic a night. night at Bobby Dodd. Yeah, quite a night. But
1: other than that, let
3: me see here. Favorite Atlanta goal. Um there's 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 so many there's a few tito vialba memories as well from early doors like just short pace and power yeah yeah. Yeah. bull in a china shop
1: yeah (laughs) so i'll probably go i'll probably go with miggy i'm good with that um so side note your birthday is may 20th yeah um i'm may 21st man that's that's no no way. (laughs)
3: what year were you born you're a lot younger than me
1: 1989
3: oh man you're so young yeah yeah i'm (laughs) i'm 85
1: well that's (laughs) yeah I'm um, the oldest one. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Favorite place you've traveled
3: ever for anything?
1: Yes, anything.
3: All right. So favorite, I'll, I'll go favorite within Major League Soccer for now because that okay. that's just come to mind is Vancouver. To to go to Vancouver and take an extra couple of days and go like Gross Mountain, or Gross Mountain, go out to to Whistler uh vancouver is exceptional. i love hiking that's why i love atlanta i love the outdoors feel around atlanta and the, the local hikes we have i'm i'm up in roswell um oh, yeah. and it's it's uh it's exceptional favorite place i love home i love ireland ireland if you've never been to ireland get to ireland it's a friendly country it's a beautiful country and go down to dingle which is a, a small town i know every american thinks it's a funny name but uh it, go down to the uh the, the the it's the closest point in ireland to america and okay. the Dingle Peninsula is beautiful. So I'll go oh. with Vancouver on one side, Ireland. But I've I've been to like Australia, Southeast Asia, all, all over really. And now with WWE, I'm loving discovering all the small towns and cities around this beautiful country yeah. because yeah. there's nearly an attitude sometimes that th- there's nothing between New York and Los Angeles. And give me uh, uh, on my WWE travels, I've said this so many times. To so many friends there, like give me a Knoxville, Tennessee, or a Norfolk, Virginia over the big cities any day of the week. Yeah. I just love them.
1: They're, they have their own personality. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, All right, last one. Favorite place to eat in Atlanta? Because Tommy needs somewhere to go eat this weekend. I'm, I'm flying a, in for the game. Oh, you are? Where do you live in, Tommy?
3: I live in Cleveland. Nice one. Okay. Um, I I mean, I love sushi. So I feel like oh. whenever whenever I go out and I want to eat, I want to try and get good sushi. And we've got a great place here in Roswell called Monkey 68. Um. There's also class sushi places in Woodstock, Alpharetta, mm-hmm. in 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 um, Buckhead. Umi is is next level, um, pricey, next level though. <laughs> so I'd probably I'd probably go sushi. But then again, if I was going for a bite somewhere, like a quick bite before the game, help me out here, guys. What am I supposed to say, Varsity?
1: I mean, Waffle House. Let's house, just
3: say I said Waffle House. Can we put that down as a <laughs> Dude, technical, hey. technicality?
1: Kevin Egan's favorite place to eat in Atlanta: Waffle House. Waffle House. We'll take it. Hey, we'll that take works. It. Um, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's, it's been a good time. I yeah. will. Uh, I'll be up in the booth. Me and Sydney will be there. Uh, Tommy will be hanging out somewhere in the one hundred section, I think. Sweet. So, uh, we'll see I you see there before the game. What's that? We'll hopefully. see you up there
3: before the game, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna I, I have no idea where we're calling the game from. It's all it's all probably changed or maybe maybe it's not. It could be the yeah. same booth um down in the the suite level. But uh I'll pop definitely pop up and say hi. Yeah, well
1: Look I'll be there. We'll, we'll be
3: there. So roll on Saturday.
1: We yeah. are the almost way. here. It's gonna be fun. you all the
3: singing.
1: Kevin, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. You Kevin.
3: Tyler, Sydney, Tom, absolute gentleman. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank you having appreciate me on. You. Take care, thank all thank the best. Awesome. what a guy. What a yeah, guy. It's,
2: it's he's so humble. I love yeah, how humble right? he is. Like it, it's it's so tough not to like him as a person. I as a rocker broadcaster definitely, but as a person too, just so genuine and you know everything I hear about him from you know fans um says the same thing. So really glad we can talk to him.
1: How could you not like the accent? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go to crazy so
0: bad. Like I, we will get back to the soccer here in a second, but it's just crazy how he says that he basically never watched a wrestling show ever and gets on
1: there and basically just a, a natural. Some people have that, that talent though, you know, and, and, and I was, I didn't want to drag him on cause he, he has things that he's trying to get to and, um, got a family and I understand he, his life is about to be crazy with WWE and Apple and MLS. Like it's crazy. So, um, I didn't want to keep him too long, but he yeah, he to be able to step into WWE like that, which again I haven't watched it in a long time, but I, I grew up on it as a kid, WCW, okay. WWF at the time. Um, the man has stepped in there into a chaotic environment because there is nothing calm ever about a wrestling broadcast. And for him to step in and be able to just take it over like that, man, it has been awesome to see. And he just yeah, he just has a natural talent, man. And I, I I'm glad we don't have to say I wish him the best anymore because it's not like he's going anywhere. He'll still be involved with soccer, which I think is great. So huh. um, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's crazy for him because he's doing both, but I'm I'm super happy that he's still going to be involved with soccer and MLS in some way too. I meant to ask, um, will it be
2: tough for him to be ne- – I I'll make it well because you know, he's called neutral metrics in the past, but after having done it so long with Atlanta, is it going to be tough for him to – Be neutral. I don't think it will, but we'll be into the kind of
0: little different point of that. Maybe a little bit of
1: extra excitement when Atlanta scores a goal. (laughs) So we had a bunch of comments, and guys, we wanted to get y'all's comments. Kevin, you know, again, we we definitely want to respect anybody that comes on their time, Um, but I will make sure. He sees all of y'all's comments because there's a lot yeah. and, and we appreciate y'all y'all commenting and oh, continue right. to comment because we still have an entire show to do. So
0: I forgot um, that we that we're still doing something else. I know, right? <laughs>
1: like no, we, we I don't know, did we set ourselves up to fail? Like we got the good stuff out of the way first, right? Yeah, we saved the best for first. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um but we have a new striker to talk about. We have That's a trade nice. to announce. We were talking about huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miguel Berry. Mm-hmm. Who wants to who wants to chat about Miguel first?
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a terrific season with Columbus a few years back. He played with Etienne, so interested to see how that chemistry works out when the two of them are on the field at the same time. Last season with D.C. United just didn't work out. D.C. United were... A really bad side as it was. I believe they finished last or second last in MLS or something like that. But just a tough situation for him out there in the nation's capital. But hopefully here at Atlanta United and of course Atlanta United sending, I believe it was $150,000 in GAM to DC. Could go up to $250,000 depending on performance-based incentive if he meets those. But I think it's a decent signing, knowing that he'll be a backup. He's not going to start every single match. That's going to be Yakimakis. But I think that bringing him in as a backup, you could have done a lot worse. I'm sure there are a few other names that haven't floated out there for Atlanta, but you could have done a lot worse than Miguel Barry. and you're not going to need him to score, what, 10, 15 goals a, se- a season or however many he had. At Columbus, um, and Henry Egita from their talker, good friend of the show, by the way, <laughs> saying, I hear the new striker is very good. So oh, I respect that.
1: We got puns <laughs> and everything on the show. The game.
2: So- Henry Egita Jr. Love that game. But <laughs> yeah, Barry, he's not going to be looked at to score or to carry the world of the scoring like he was with Columbus. I mean, granted, he wasn't at Columbus either. They just kind of burst onto the scene. I'm trying to pull up his stats right here. He scored double digit goals, I believe, with Columbus.
1: Yeah, 10. Uh, no, 8 and, goals uh, to
2: yeah, assist. Yeah, 8 goals to assist with Columbus 2021. 20, and again, didn't work out in DC, but hopefully, with a change of scenery and a new role, and really, I guess, less pressure off of him, so to speak, things will turn out in Atlanta and he could be a strong contributor to this attack. And just one other thing, you wonder what this means for Jackson Conway. And I kind of mentioned it beforehand. You wonder how much Pineda rates Jackson Conway at this point. I don't know if it's just things he's still not doing on the training ground or his progress hasn't been what the coaching staff has expected. But you wonder what this means for him. And you wonder how much time he gets with this club on the first team level, if at all, that being said, I think Barry is a good signing for
0: what it's worth, considering the role that he'll play with Atlanta. And the Machop Chole experiment might be over as well. Yeah. And and that's fine. And I know a lot of people seem to be upset that that's the third signing because Garth pretty much said, yes, he's the third signing. And that's okay. I think you need someone a little bit more experience. You You have a lot of games that you're going to be playing regular season – Open Cup, got the Summer Tournament of Champions, right? And then you've got this new playoff system that we're going to talk about. And you're going to need some people with experience. And I wouldn't personally feel comfortable after what I've seen and what I've heard about the preseason, because we haven't seen much. But I would prefer getting someone with a little bit more experience. So I you know not watching 1 minute of him and just at least looking at the numbers. He has a history of scoring and that's better than going in with the other two options unfortunately at this moment.
1: Yeah, and when you look at the guy himself, when you look at Miguel Berry, he fits I think what we've kind of expected Pineda to want from a from a striker, right? I mean, you look at Yakamakas who is a big dude, big strong guy He's mobile in the box. He's going to be moving around. He's also going to draw attention away from guys like Almada, Arujo, Etienne. And that's important. Barry is, and I didn't know this until I wrote the article when he was rumored or reported to be coming here. But I mean, the guy's six foot three, he's a big guy as well. And he's going to throw his weight around. If you watch his highlight videos, uh, go check out my article on dirty South soccer. Um, I put one of his highlight videos from when he was with Columbus back in 2021. He's he's not afraid to to be physical, and I I think that's something that Pineda has been really really wanting from his his guy up top. And the thing is, is you're going into a season where everybody has the hit because you have such huge fixture congestion with League's Cup. The obviously the season. Um, obviously, we're not in CCL, but you've got this crazy playoff format that's coming up and. It's going to be wild. Then you have the open cup. So there's a lot of games to be played. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and T. Riddle in the comments. <laughs> Will Bo be satisfied with the height of this team in 2023? One of our great friends of the show. Comments on Twitter spaces all the time, Bo. Every every Twitter Spaces, he would point out, that this team is too short. They can't win aerial duels. <laughs> I think that problem is solved. Between <laughs> the two up top and Parada and Miles in the back, I think – I think we're going to be good. Um, and then, and then, you know, Mark's saying Conway needs to get out of Atlanta. It's obvious Pineda doesn't think much of him, needs yeah. to go on loan. I mean, I, I wish I knew what Pineda thinks of Conway. Um, if, if we get the chance to ask him here soon. But, uh, you know, there, there's never going to be a direct answer from a coach about that, yeah. right? Like, we can ask the question all day. But I do agree. I think that he needs some time somewhere else and i i yeah. actually think he could do well overseas in like a second division side somewhere uh belgium you know somewhere like that but he's got to get some time playing and he's going to be way too good for mls next pro so hopefully sure. they figure something out with with he, has, he has a european passport i mean he's born in the uk so
2: yeah we'll move overseas I mean, he, he's a little bit older, It's like twenty twenty one. so move overseas to Europe won't be much of a problem, but yeah. no, I agree, he needs some time somewhere and him just sitting in the on the team sheet as a substitute every single match won't cut it. He needs to be somewhere where he's actually getting playing time and I don't think Atlanta is it. I think this kind of sets of message that he may be on the way out somewhere on loan to get him some development time and then was he gets some matches underneath his belt see how that went and then make your decision based off that whether you want to keep him along keep him for the long haul or move him out somewhere else but i i really thought we'd see more of Jackson Conway in 2023 than we have in past seasons and not to dump on the move for Barry because i think it's a good move i don't think that's the case now now that
0: miguel barry is in the fold and he probably starts uh, there's a very good chance that he starts on Saturday. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if if that's it. I guess the only real question that we have is, does the visa come in for Gigi, and does he is he the the backup, and maybe we see him for a couple minutes. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I wish we had some more news specifically on Jakomakis's visa and all that. Who you know, there, that's the thing, man. You're dealing with the federal government. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a crapshoot. Who knows what's going to happen? But um, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I really really want Conway to succeed. And the thing is, you talk about Miguel Berry's contract, whatever it specifics may be. I mean, what they paid for him, they already paid the guy off basically. Unless he does hit those performance incentives, so, like the transaction. If you're just talking about a money perspective, they they traded the international roster spot to Orlando, got 150,000 in in GAM so garber bucks and that's that's what they paid dc now again the 100,000 and uh extras if he does well whatever that may be then okay fine you're paying you're paying a little bit but you got to remember how much gam uh, atlanta got in this offseason as well back for like this during the super draft and everything else so i just i think it's a good move i hope he can get back to a position where he's producing like he was for columbus i mean he he took over when uh when had to step out and did well, so yep. I, I'm I'm hoping we'll see more of him.
0: It's a quick game for you guys. Let's see which one of you get it first. Oh man, I'm going to give you a clue, two clues here, and you have to what player is very similar to Miguel Barry that used to play for Atlanta United? Oh,
1: Brandon Vaskin. Um,
0: no, no, no. Dom Dwyer? No, I'm giving you hints. <laughs> <laughs> go, ahead, go, ahead, we're go. Ahead,
2: second, second. Yes.
0: Sorry. Oh, second that. They're both six three.
1: Brandon Vasquez.
0: No. No. I mean, Brandon Vasquez might be 6'3", but whatever. <laughs> Gotta guess. I, I don't know their heights
1: like that, but Vasquez was uh, my best guess.
0: Someone someone got it in the chat. He's from I'm Columbus. Gonna guess, oh, I'm man. gonna guess um Ariel said in the chat, Adam John. Adam John, baby. Columbus six three striker. <laughs> Retired, we- <laughs> right? <laughs> I think he's retired. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> not Jurgen Dom. Oh man! Damm. All right, I think like Jurgen Dom is quite six three.
1: We've yeah. brought up Jurgen Dom in the chat once already. <laughs> now we got to hit the other two. Ring the bell. <laughs> <Hello. Yeah. laughs> um. All right, so Miguel Berry, Yeah, maybe we'll see him Saturday, possibly. Uh, if we don't
0: see him, we're in trouble.
1: Yeah, if we don't see him, it's going to be one of us down there again, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And um
2: I'm 5'6", about 200 plus pounds, so I don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll get on. Plus, I'm almost 39 years old, so I don't know if I have the fitness to
1: play 45 minutes for Atlanta United. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll try, you guys, I promise. <laughs> um. All right, so loggerway speaking of uh, paying off this transaction already the dude's been wheeling and dealing now we have to we have to give credit where it's due it is the entire front office now we'll reserve judgment I guess until we see how Miguel and everybody else does but loggerway's been on a bit of a press tour this week um, he is he is chatted a lot and I actually I don't know if they're still going on but Soccer down here Jason Longshore show um they were doing a live show from I think Wild Leap Brewing I believe it was and he got on there was chatting chatting with them as well so he he's just been everywhere this week and uh it's it's good because it's the opening opening week you know we're in the run up to the season um but I know Tommy you you listen specifically to a lot of the stuff that he said and and we'll bring it up but what stood out to you I think in, in terms of like everything that he said, was it yesterday? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He doesn't BS. Uh, I mean, he's completely honest. He, he admitted that the third signing was Barry, that there's a possibility that possibly they would be able to get someone else in the off season. But I think they, they said they still have two roster spots open, but they're fine leaving those two spots open because they want to pay the other players on the roster a little bit more money, which respect for that. But he seemed to, without actually saying it, that there's a possibility that someone on loan could possibly be purchased, which could open up some some roster space for us as well. So that's exciting. Talked a little bit about U.S. soccer, trying to almost make it a hub here for them, which I think would be huge since the hub for the Olympics is going to be in Atlanta soon. So that's exciting that they're trying to get there. but. You know he's very positive uh, about this team, and I understand why. I mean someone asked him about the midfield, and you know he, he's he's more positive. I think most of the people we've talked to, besides the three of us about the and our, and our chat, I think our, our chat and the three of us are on the same page about the midfield right now, but I think that he realizes that probably if there is a four signing you know that comes in the summer, it would likely be somewhere in the midfield.
2: Yeah, you talked about uh, the hub. Of, I think you said the Olympics. I think you meant the World Cup, right? Yeah, yeah sorry.
1: Atlanta. I mean, but, oh, okay. the Olympics yeah. probably soon yeah. enough. To... Essentially.
2: Yeah, that too. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta 2048 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, let's go back to that real quick. I think, you know, and it's probably still a ways off, uh, this new facility. But I think that'll be a real boon for Atlanta. But Garth talking about... You know, going to underprivileged communities, underrepresented communities, and reaching out to them and quote he's a quote if this is the kind of thing where if US soccer relocates here, I think it makes a ton of set ton of sense with the airport, the Crunch jewel of Atlanta. And then talking about people coming from all over, the weather and all of that. Uh, I, I think yeah, he, he's really trying to sell his vision to US soccer. And I think that if it does make its way down to Atlanta, I think that'll be very key, especially Tom, I see with the World Cup coming up. But yeah, another thing that he mentioned was some of the roster stuff. Um, he talked about the international spot, uh, them trading it away, but he mentioned that a green card could be coming for a player too. Such, uh, his exact quote is that we're always working on the green cards. We're always working on the green cards. So we may see that come down the pike and free up another spot potentially. So, yeah, just some roster things that he mentioned as well. But, yeah, Barry, he said that he's a good young player, hard worker, and think he's happy with getting Barry on the roster. So, sort of some thoughts that he had roster wise and on this year's soccer thing, more
0: of this year's soccer thing. And there's, and I think he said we still have one international spot. Is it one or two? Yeah, I'll have to dig into that. But okay, but he did say we have one or two because uh, some people were worried because international roster spots are for Atlanta historically. They're precious, yeah. and they're usually going out and trying to buy those, you know, right before the season starts. And they said that there really is no worry about that at this point. So that's that's good to know.
1: You have. um Almada on an international slot. You got Arujo. You have Hernandez. He's the one I always forget. You still have Moreno again, loaned out. Mosquera, loaned out. Uh, Parada and and then Rossetto. I actually think he got his card. He's not. He's not listed. Okay. Um, Yeah, he's not listed on one. I think he got his Hmm. like last year in the in the middle of the year or something.
2: I feel like I feel like you vaguely remember him getting yeah. a green card yeah
1: so that the the US side of things was was really interesting to me because I do think it would be huge not only for obviously US soccer but Atlanta as well it's a big deal um, one of the and y'all know my feelings on this because we talked about it in the spaces show so much last year especially at the end of the season but he talked about what he referred to as like the soft infrastructure which I guess is what we kind of referred to a lot last season is like the back office kind of stuff like analytics and all that. Um, but he, he mentioned, and, and this is just quoting uh, cause I think it was, yeah, Sam Jones that asked him about this specifically, but he said, um, we're closing in on a deal with an analytics consultant. And we talked about that a month or so ago. Um, he said, as I told you earlier, we're going to add a data engineer in that department Uh, going through a total review of all of our player development systems right now as well. That stuff probably wouldn't evolve until the summer, but I'm really excited about the direction we're headed there. And beyond that, I think we've drilled, we've really drilled down and organized our scouting in a way that's pretty efficient. So this is stuff that you probably won't see as far as like, it's not going to be as visible. It's not going to be the headline making kind of stuff until you get another, you know, Miggy or somebody that just kind of appears out of nowhere. And and you're like, Hey man, this scouting department really hit gold on this one. Um, That's when you're going to know that this has started to, to really take shape. And it may be a while. It may be a couple of seasons before you really start to see the, the benefits of this, but it also goes down to the Academy. You got Steve Cook that just came in as the twos coach you got a lot of changes happening, that, again, that don't make the headlines, but they're important. They're important for the future of the club. And so when he, when he talks about the analytics consultant, um, that's coming from Seattle, from, a, from a, a, a couple of folks, but mainly one that used to work at Seattle that has uh, now created their own analytics company. And if what he said a month ago or so is still true, that's the the company that they're looking into and they've done great things obviously with seattle the the individual that was there now they have their own company i think they're also working with dallas as well this this, is one of the texas teams but yeah so just good things man i'm I'm super excited about everything he had to say yesterday
0: yeah it's exciting to see i mean and this is only in two months right Mm -hmm. like basically took over after the holidays and already making these small changes if you ever and i hop on there every once in a while just look to see like what atlanta United's hiring for like it's it's full-on analytics and that's good. what we talked mm-hmm. about the minute that he was brought in like we talked about it on that first space is like this is what he's known for this is what he wants and we talked about how this was you know that atlanta united was basically be, was run as a startup for a long time and they really just never evolved with the times they're evolving with the times quickly Yep. And just like you said, Tyler, it it's not going to be built in two months. It's going to be, you know, built in a couple of years. And it's the same thing with the roster as well. You know, I again, I said this earlier. People were upset that the third signing was another striker. You can't just go in and cut and buy everybody you want. This isn't, you know, one of those other leagues, you know, across the, the pond over there or baseball. Like you have to have a salary cap you have to follow the rules you can't just cut an Eric Lopez you know you can make him your water boy but you can't make him you know you, you can't make him uh you can't just cut him and you know li- be able to go away f- for nothing so it's going to take some time here but the the important thing is is that you see this team grow this year you see what they do in the in the off season, and you're going to have a ton of cap space opening up you're going to have a ton of players leaving on contract and I know we keep saying this but You know, I I see Twitter and Twitter is always just an interesting place. And but like you could definitely feel the environment and, you know, whether it's Boca or it's Garth fixing this team, it's going to take some time because unfortunately there was a lot of things that just roster wise just wasn't run well. And now they're just trying to make those mistakes. But I think we're light years ahead. If you would have told me how many people got loaned out in this offseason, how many people got moved and that you got Emerson Hyman to basically say, I don't want to get paid anymore, Yeah, like, just cut his contract, like, I would have told you you're crazy. This team, I, in my personal belief, is light years ahead where I thought it would have been going into the holidays.
2: I think if fans see at least some reason to be optimistic in 2023, I think they'll be happy. I don't think we can take another season like 2020 was, where pretty much nothing went wrong. I'll argue all think fans could take another seed like 2022, where it seemed like everyone got injured every other week or every other match. I, I, I think... You know, I'm not a big luck person, but I think that that part of the picture will be a bit solved. I think this team will be a lot healthier than it was in 2022. Just by... I mean, just by common sense. I mean, like, we're not going to have another... 2022, injury-wise, it, it just won't happen. I, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, like... Don't let averages, jinx team. Don't let right? Sidney jinx team. Not no, play. but... No, but... Last season was extraordinary, injury-wise, and... I haven't seen it at any level of professional sports as a sports fan to have injury after injury after injury, and... I think if he had like two or three players who hadn't gotten injured, this would be a playoff team. Now, having said that, they still have to prove themselves on the field. And there are a lot of question marks. Gazette, his health. Robinson, his health. The new players, how they acclimate. How they fit into this roster. Will they gel? Will they be able to... Do what they are brought in to do. So in that regard, you still have a lot of questions, but at the same time, if there's something that fans can hang their head on in 2023, I think that'll kind of tamp down some of the, the Boca out or fire everybody crowd. I think and we'll get into predictions later on. I winning this,
1: cures everything.
2: Yeah, winning cures everything. And you know, without seeing how this team without seeing this whole team in an MLS match in 2023 just yet, I think it could be a playoff team if they, if they stay healthy and if they check all the boxes. Especially this still, year. still, it's a lot, a lot of questions Everybody's
0: still to be And I implore everybody to make sure that you're patient.
1: Like, yeah. there's going to be yeah.
0: some hot takes if, if this team goes one and two in the first three. You wow. have not seen a lot of players on the field yet. We haven't seen NtN. I know he had a small appearance. Static hasn't been seen. Yakamakis hasn't been out there. Barry really hasn't been out there. There's a lot of players that are going to be slowly brought into the squad. So it's going to take some time to, to get some cohesion, you know, with the starting lineup. But I think once you start getting to March, I think you you should hopefully be having a healthy team and get that consistent starting lineup.
1: Could you imagine being Miguel Barry who really has probably known he's coming to Atlanta for about a week now, all things considered, maybe. And to potentially be thrown in, in front of like a third-tier open Mercedes-Benz Stadium, <laughs> like <laughs> within, a, within a week, that would be crazy. <laughs> um, to not have trained really with the, the team in any of these preseason matches or anything, that is going to be – you know, it may work out actually because it may just throw San Jose for a loop and be like, hey, man, who's this guy? <laughs> we, we were we were thinking Yakimaakis is going to be the man, but – not anymore so
0: you know and t riddle puts you know here and the excuse to start it's not an excuse it's just what sports yeah. are like that's just what it is and you, you haven't had a lot of these guys come in i mean still i mean you're still gonna see miles oh we haven't and we saw abram right abram? i mean he yeah. abram i'm close i'll get there give me like two weeks Tamil, Tamil, uh, you have sosa suspended for for two games Like there's, I mean, those are just two people I forgot about. Like, so you've got five players that are probably going to be consistent in your starting lineup that haven't even seen the field yet.
2: Yeah. I'll add add one quick thing. Sorry, Todd, just one quick thing. Um, Let's be, I'm trying to find out, trying to find the best way to say this. If this team comes good and, Let's say they start out hot. I feel like everyone's going to be saying, oh, this is what Garth Lagerwey did. I mean, the guy's been on the job for, what, two months? So I don't want people to feel like they can't give Carlos Bocanegra credit for anything. If you talk about Yakimakis, he said that essentially Bocanegra did all the heavy lifting in bringing him in. Abram, I would assume the same. Etienne, I would assume the same. I think Etienne signed, what, like a week-plus after... Lagway got here. So Actually, it was before. I it think. was before. Yeah. Either, yeah. Either before or
0: a week well, it was before. A, a it wasn't official until after Garth came in. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: But I mean, if those three players in particular come good, it, I feel like much of the fan base is going to say, oh, look what Garth did. And not to, not to dump on Garth Lagway because he, his, the proof is in the pudding, what he did in Seattle. Let's not be so quick to, Say, oh, this was Garth that did this, or oh, this was Carlos that did this. Yeah, let's have a reasoned look at where this team is. If they do well, let's just be happy that they do well. Don't be so quick to say, oh, Garth did this or Carlos did this. If we do poorly, listen. I, 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 hopefully they don't. But let's blame Tyler. Play- yeah, <laughs> but but let, let's not be so quick to cast blame. Granted, has not covered himself in glory. He he's done some great things, some good things for this club. He's had some misses for this club, but let's not throw the baby out out with the bathwater. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: I think, yeah. I mean, you again. I always say this: you've got to give credit where it's due, right? Like we can sit here and discuss the decisions that have been made over the past mm-hmm. few years. Like, yes, there's been some frustrations, a hundred percent. There's been some that were good. So, like, it, it is what it is. I don't want to necessarily dive into that whole thing but i do think that atlanta does have even if you're you're bringing in players that haven't had a ton of time with the team we're worried about injuries and all i do think atlanta's schedule is relatively favorable in the early part of the season there's also a lot of wild cards for everybody because i mean you look at what three weeks from now you have charlotte and charlotte I mean, they've had a, a fair amount of turnover, and their, their system's going to look entirely different this season as well. So you got Toronto, which I, at first glance, I'm like, I think they're going to be okay. And then I start looking at some of the moves, and I just don't know anymore. But I think a lot of other teams are probably looking at Atlanta the same way. And I think, yeah, in the in the chat, it was, that point was brought up actually perfectly. Um, Allie saying, I'm, I'm actually glad we had a massive overhaul after a bad season. I think being underestimated will work to our advantage. That's the thing about soccer. I mean, you can you can have a significantly changed roster coming into a new season or really any time in the season, and your luck can turn. And, I mean, I think, yeah, Justin saying a minute ago, like the team just had crappy luck. They're, they're due for some good luck. Let's hope it hits this season. I think that's the biggest thing, too. Mm-hmm. Going back to what Kevin was saying earlier. It's insane. Like, the injuries, they are part of the reason. Like, everybody says, oh, that's an excuse. I mean, it's not. When you have, I think it was 19 or 20, maybe even more than that, players that missed some amount of time last season due to injury. That's ridiculous. You have 30 on the roster. So, like, the fact that you have all of that going in one season, it's tough for any team to make it past that. So, I think there is reason to be cautiously optimistic, and I think there is reason to believe that Atlanta could come out and do very well in the first five games of the season. Do I think they're going to go, you know, five wins? No, not necessarily. But, I mean, I think if you come out with a couple of wins and a couple of draws, I mean, you're not you're not sitting the worst in the world while you get these guys back implemented with the team and some of the new guys brought in and, and kind of settled in. Yeah.
2: One other thing, and this is good news, that Garth Lagerwey said on Wednesday night, which is obviously when we're filming this. If you're listening on the podcast, or watching live later on, a third kit may or may not be released this year. So he kind of teased it. He didn't say yes, he didn't say no, but he said maybe. Which I mean, we can interpret as yes, essentially. So I know some people were saying apparently yeah, Outcast Kit or something like that, <laughs> but yeah, looks like it sounds like. At least for now, that a third kit might be in the
0: works. So, Let's see what that
1: looks like. An outcast kit would be pretty sick.
0: <laughs> that when you be start dumb. mowing lawns for another for another <laughs> kit this year, jeez. <laughs> I mean, they're two hundred bucks these days. <laughs> and hopefully, by the time the third kit comes out, they can figure out how to put Yakimakis on the on the back of a jersey. Right? Like that's
1: still not a thing. It's going to be like clip art, like on. Like, back in the day, they're just going to have to make it the kind of rainbow so it bends down its shoulder blades a little bit. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving forward, this one's going to be, I think, the ch- I don't know, I imagine the chat probably is going to blow up on this one because everybody has their opinion. Because everybody
0: gets a playoff spot. We Everybody's
1: go. making the playoffs. You get a playoff spot. Playoffs. Playoff spot. Playoffs. What are the playoffs? That's just yeah. extra season. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's extra time in the season that's all it is oh I don't know man i it, it, y'all give your opinions I, I just I don't so, know so it's <laughs> nine teams <laughs> right nine yeah and
0: yeah. then eight and nine play each other in a, in a one game which I like I, I do like those 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 play like I like how the NBA does have that play out uh, that play in now in the NBA the chances of a, a first or, or a, a seventh or eighth seed beating a first or second is practically none. I like that. And then you go into the, the best of eight and you're playing a best of three series with no
1: extra time, no draws go straight to penalties. Best of best of three. So yeah, I mean you, you potentially are going to go into it having to play a full set of three games. And I mean, I, I I don't know, maybe it's like a mercy kill that they decided not to add extra time and then penalties, but like that's a lot of extra matches. And I mean when it gets when you get up to like the the conference finals and all like that makes sense because you're back to what it should be. But this whole 3 game thing is just kind of wild to me. Like I don't know. It, 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 there's there's just so many games. Like I'm I'm all for watching games, but I'm sitting there looking at we still have only three DP slots per team. You only, you can only Mm -hmm. have so many players on the roster and you're going to have leagues cut this year against league MECs. That's going to be able to, you know, they can do it not that they don't have rules, but they can, they're a lot more liberal with the amount of money they can throw around. And it, I don't know, man, it's just something's got to bend for these players. That's crazy.
0: So you're saying a lot there, like one of the things I would love to talk to at some point is Jeff Lorenowitz, because Jeff was part of the players union and he was very vocal when they were doing the CBA the first time, then the CBA the second time because COVID screwed everything up. I'm interested to see what he would say when you're adding in all these games and my understanding, not much extra pay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's always been a thing, right? Like most players are are underpaid, and now you're adding in basically a summer tournament. You're adding in another tournament, you know, a best of three. My my worry here is just the quality by the time you get to the end of the playoffs just might be rough. And I think the best of three, I mean, it's, it's, it's a two-part thing. You, Apple wants more games. They got this big deal. They want more games. That's one part of it. But then the second part is, I don't think they want these these teams that come in and these seventh and eighth seeds to just sit back and hopefully get to penalties and beat the team in penalties. And now you're knocking this best team out. Why don't we just go back to the two, just the two games, and and that, that would have been fine with me if if they just did that. But I think it was Garth. Or maybe I've dreamt this, but I think Garth was saying like one thing that could happen now that would change this is now you have MLS playoff games on every night of the week, where before you were just having them on Fridays and Saturdays. Like, I think that's, that's the exciting part. You know, like, you don't have to wait for the weekend. You Because it's going to be a best of three, you're going to be having games going on all throughout the week.
2: I, yeah, you know, I, I don't blame him for saying that because it's a financial benefit to Atlanta United and to any MLS club that makes the playoffs. But kind of going back to the roster thing, was it like, it, it, let's say a ninth seed makes the playoffs, so that's one match. What's that? Seven matches they'll have to play to win another cup. I'll. I think That's just just quick math off the top of my head. That's yeah. seven matches plus 34 matches in the regular season, plus yeah. when we talked about League's Cup, we already talked about US Open Cup. We haven't talked about Champions League. I mean, what if a team is in Champions League? They have that to worry about, so... Again, fuzzy math. That's like fifty, what sixty matches maximum that you can play across the 60 competition.
1: For yeah, for a team that's in Champions League, and then of course, how far you go in Open Cup and everything else, you're looking at up to around sixty something matches. Yeah, and
2: we we talked about compensation for the players. We talked about rosters for the players, but you know, kind of going back to Weeks Cup for a second, if you want your teams fresh for a playoff run. How are you gonna handle that? How are you gonna handle the fixer congestion? Because if you don't, you're gonna get your clock cleaned by a league Liga MA keys side, and that's the last thing MLS wants, is just MLS team to get taken to the woodshed by League of MA Keys. So you're having to deal with that in as well. So I I, I see why they did it because, again, it's money, more money in the league's pockets and more financial benefit to, uh, I'll say, Amazon. Apple, more financial benefit to Apple to have this kind of hook for people to get MLS season pass. But at some point, the league has to take a look and say, hey, do we have enough players going around to make this work the way we want it to? And are you getting, getting paid enough? Um, AJ said in the comments, he, he's an English fan, he's trying to understand the new role, it's crazy. Starry. Well, I mean, they, 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 yeah, they don't have playoffs in, they obviously don't have playoffs in the UK, or in the Premier League, so it, it's just a lot of matches, as we already talked about. But MLS is going to have to grapple with that, and try to make it so that guys aren't getting burned out toward the end of the season, trying to give it all in a playoff push, and
0: not have anything left when the playoffs start. So, that's my
2: biggest concern.
0: I've good comment here in the the, the last comment here in the chat about there's an international break between the three game okay. series. That that is yeah. important. I think yeah. that does definitely give some people a rest, but Yeah. Not enough. That
1: also throws a wrench in things too because you you never know what an international break is going to do to a team. Yeah. Right, right? That's like That's true. You have them is go the on a mandatory international break? international break? That's a good question. I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Um, Remember what happened to Miles? Yep. Mm. So, but I mean, I, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Like, I think going back to the League's Cup specifically, because it is kind of an overarching thing. Um, and then yeah, Dan saying it is a mandatory international break. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, if MLS goes into the League's Cup and does, like you said, Sydney get their clock cleaned. I actually think that might be one of the best things that could happen this season, because in my, in my heart, I would like to think that Don Garber would then look at everything and be like, Hey, maybe we should let these teams spend some more money. Maybe we should let them have another DP spot. Maybe we should let them, you know, change up the roster rules a little bit. And, and then you have something that's really going to be beneficial next season when you can have the talent that's going to be able to cover so many games. Probably should have happened already though. It should have happened already. hundred percent. But I don't know. I don't know if he's like, there's too many changes going on at one time. Like, I don't know what in the world was going on when they decided this playoff format. I just don't know where the common sense was at, but anyway, it's just wild to me. I think with, better roster rules you can make it work for sure but not not Mm. the way it is now like you just don't have the depth on a squad to be able to play that many matches
0: i think gar said that there's there's no change from the mls next pro like it's still i think four call-ups per player
1: yeah and then adding on to that like aj with another comment if you if you're a top Premier League team, you play 60 games easy with cups in European competition and everything else. But the English squads are a lot bigger and the youth players tend yeah. to be of higher quality, which is true. And somebody was mentioning, you know, like a guy like Tyler Wolf uh, earlier. Uh, I don't know if it's like a knock that he's got or, or whatever. I don't know why he's not really playing. He was brought back, though, off alone for a reason. And I think he's going to be the guy that's going to take a lot of the load off of Almada for things like the Open Cup and. Uh, the League's Cup, probably, depending on how important Atlanta wants to make the League's Cup. So, um, that's, that's, they've got to me- make do with what they've got, though. It's, it's a lot and it's a lot of fixture congestion. We'll see how it goes. You mentioned Wolf, uh, maybe a guy like Jay Fortune as well. Yeah. It could visit him
2: again. So, yeah, a lot of pieces of the puzzle need, still need to be filled in.
1: Yep. All right. So, moving Forward to this weekend, we have a real, real game. A real game to talk about. Not that the AmFam Cup isn't a big game, or a real game. The biggest game. The, yeah, it, it's on a league of its, of its own. So, unfortunately, we're not the the reigning champs.
0: Two-time. Not two-time. <laughs> two-time.
1: Uh, but San Jose. Um, I want to hear y'all's opinions on it. I think if I had to pick out one player that I'm just like, hey, man, really, really got to keep an eye on this guy. And I I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but it's going to be Cade Cowell. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners pay attention to him with some of the uh, men's national team stuff and everything else, but Cowell is a kid, man. Like, that dude is uh, he is on one, and he is a talisman for San Jose. Um. Yeah. Would, BC is is mentioned. In the chat as well, being brought up, definitely you always have to keep an eye on, on Jeremy. But I don't know, Kay Cowell is the one that stands out to me. I don't know what you guys think, but
2: yeah, it's been apparently looked at by European teams and, and from a national league standpoint. Since he has Mexican ancestry, I believe his mother is Mexican or something like that. I know El Tree want him in their squad, near their senior squad, but. I feel like Kate Cowell was in the national team discussion. I don't know how many times he's been capped by the United States. Um, looks like two times by the U.S. I don't think he's capped tied, however. Yeah, I know, I know he friendly. played in his last camp. But Yeah. So, it kind of adds to the mystique and all of that. But, yeah, I know Mexico are, are really taking a good hard look at him as well as overseas teams. But, I think he can't match in San Jose without you know, obviously, the new head coach Luchy Gonzalez, who pretty much this is a second chance for him after having been at FC Dallas and not having done as well as Dallas. With like that being said, there's a lot of youth in that in that setup at FC Dallas, and that's really Gonzalez Gonzalez's main selling point is how he's worked with the youth. Um, so you mentioned guys like Jesus Ferrero who came to the youth system. Wes McKenney, I believe, came to the youth system as well. And Lucha Gonzalez had a really big hand in forming those players. So that's a huge part of it. I'll be interested to see what he does out with San Jose with their youth setup. But yeah, with FC Dallas, I think he went to the playoffs like once or twice, once, I believe, and then he was fired. But this is, again, like I said, a second chance for him with San Jose, too prove that he can be a solid MLS manager. I mean he knows the American game, obviously. He grew up in the US, born in yeah, born in Florida, grew up in the US. But yeah, again, that young that young talent that he always has had a eye on with Dallas that has come through that. I'll be interested to see from a academy standpoint how that works out with San Jose and how many young players come through to play for the first team during his first season with San Jose. So I think really a clean slate after a taste um, was fired last year, a really clean slate for them to, for literally to do what he feels is best for this club.
0: And I haven't focused anything on San Jose. I'm more focused on Atlanta at this point. What is this lineup going to look like? And I think that's the, a lot of questions in the chat and I, because NTN's only got a, a small amount last week, I expect Caleb Wiley, who's out of concussion protocol, to start over there. Um, maybe see NTN late in the game. Um, someone's asking if we, they think we'll see Chol. I don't think so. I haven't heard if his hamstring's okay. But I would think that Barry starts. Um, we talked about a little bit about that earlier. Um, Aruju's obviously big. But, I mean, there's storylines on this roster everywhere you look. The midfield. How is Hosetu? how is Ibarra going to hold up there? the um, Sadich have an opportunity possibly to be able to come in and play? You look at Miles, you look at Brad, everywhere you go, I mean, there's only a few spots where you say, okay, I'm not worried, and I, I'm looking at that, I'm saying Aruju just because of his, of his preseason, Almada, I don't think we have to worry about him, and then you look at Gutman and Lennon, and I'm saying, okay, that's where I feel comfortable. Everything else is like, what the hell is going to happen? And it's, it's, it, there's so many questions going in, uh, into Saturday. And I, I'm excited to see it.
1: Yeah. And that's where the, uh, the chess match kind of comes into play, right? Because you, Colonel mentioned, you know, Cowell's not a first choice starter necessarily for San Jose. I, th- that may have changed now, actually. I don't, I wouldn't bet, like, I, I wouldn't count him out. I, I do agree. Yeah. He's young. But, um, at the same time, he comes in in the 60th minute and completely flips the entire match on its head. Then, then we're having a different conversation because he has the ability to do that. The kids, the kids aggressive. The kids like a bulldog. So, I think if you do see him enter the pitch at any point, it'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does to kind of counter that. Um, but, I mean, we got a lot of good comments in the chat. And Tommy, going back to kind of what you were saying, um, the Atlanta roster has a ton going on so like aj asking how was wiley done at at as a left winger as, as left midfield whatever you know really really he's employed as, a, as just a straight winger um i thought especially in the amfam cup before the concussion i thought he looked really good was really really happy with him uh one of the goals came from a, a very direct run to the to the uh, in line that he put back across and i think that was one that ended up kind of at the feet of brooks lennon partially and Brooks was able to turn around and bang it home. So I like the way Wiley is progressing. Um, I think him having the break probably did him better than a lot of players did because he got thrown into the fire last season. He wasn't supposed to. So uh, I think you'll see Wiley plenty. Um, Michael asked him, why did they release Dwyer? We kind of brought it up before, but Dwyer, he's got family in California and I think it just came down to him wanting to be with his family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into a big a big thing about the midfield, but yeah, the midfield is going to be crucial in this one. They they cannot because San Jose's got a set of wingers as well, and you mm-hmm. can't rely on Lennon and Arujo and Gutman, Wiley or Etienne, whoever. You can't just try to force the ball out wide to them all the time. You have to have your midfield play in the game, and. If they do, if Jose and or whoever it may be can, can keep it kind of locked down and give those other guys some space, then I think you're you're looking okay with it as Atlanta. But you just got to hope they don't come out and play kind of like they did in the Ampham Cup because that was just not – I don't think that's going to cut it against any of these first few teams that Atlanta's playing.
2: Yeah, we mentioned uh, Jeremy Ababisi a little bit. Um, Cowell certainly. Um, Christian Eps- Espindola, the uh, double-digit assist, seven goals, fourteen assists last year. Um, Kikanovic, Boris Kikanovic, or Benji Kikanovic, I believe, is still with them. Uh, another key player in their attack. So, yeah, a lot of dangerous players on the San Jose roster. That if you don't count for them, they'll make your life miserable. Um, BC came close to winning the Golden Boot. If you go to yep. the boot last season. So there's yeah, so many players that can hurt you. I think that which Gonzalez really isn't short of options and the attack uh, this season. So they're both very well for San Jose in 2023, I believe.
1: And like, like Kevin said earlier, the, the San Jose Atlanta matchup has always been a really fun one. And going back to, that that one in 2018, man, that was one of my most memorable matches. Watching that, that was a, that was a wild one, um, and it, if I'm not mistaken, I think you can go back and watch all those on Apple, right? Or is it just last season? I think just last season, but it, I remember yeah, long. Okay. Well, if you launch, get a chance to go watch the highlights of that San Jose match, it might be on YouTube
0: fine. the full match.
1: Okay, um, so yeah, I fell sometime. asleep.
0: They were losing, and I needed to go to work the next morning. Oh I'll man, see. you
1: missed out on that one!
0: But I woke up to an awesome, you know, update yeah. from the ESPN app saying we won. My you
2: know, lasting but... memory of that will be Longshore just losing his mind when Atlanta <laughs>
1: scored the, what yeah. turned out to be the game-winning goal. <laughs> yep. And then the you know the offside decision, everything, the, the PK. I yeah. mean, God, it was just that was a crazy, insane. One. Um insane. So and yeah, I mean, Mark mentioned we we've only played them three times. Definitely, but like they, they're just to me. They're all they were always fun matches, especially that one in 2018. Um, so Prediction? yeah, I, r- I do it? want to hit this really quick, and then because we have a couple of predictions, and uh, and then we can we can get moving. But as far as starting eleven, we'll probably be pretty close to an agreement on this. But what do you guys think for Atlanta?
2: Yeah, Barry at striker, um, midfield. Aruju attacking midfield, um Ibarra, Pazetu behind them. <laughs> um I was like Carl Andrew Carlton. Um oh. Gutman, <laughs> Lennon on the outside, Parata. and I move I would say Miles. I think Miles starts at center back. and of course, say, in that.
1: just say Almada. Um I said Almada, yeah. Oh, I must have missed him with my count. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kazan. You caught him all. Yeah. And then, Kazan.
2: And then on the left wing, uh, yeah, on the wings, I would do, of course, and then say Wiley. I think Wiley would be fit to start on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I'm good with I that. Think it's, I, my question is, is, how much time does some of the other guys... And In the second half, does Entian, you know, depending on, on what the the game is flowing, yeah. it, depending what the score is, does he come in, you know, maybe with 20 minutes left? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't to... know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sadich they said, is a pain tolerance, so I'm not really sure what he's recovering from. But, I mean, he's he could be a big person. I mean, really, there's not too many options to be able to come in in the midfield right now. Um, Sadich so is probably one of the main guys that would be able to come in, you know, late in the game if you need to give someone a break.
1: And you could also potentially see, depending on how the match is going, uh, Pineda switch it up to like a back three, slash, back five, I mean, three center backs, uh, and just, and just have all three of them on the field. So uh, there's a lot of options, but I think yeah. that's part of like why it's so hard to predict some of these positions because we don't know who else is going to be ready and everything else. So,
0: and Abram?
1: Abram? Abram. Yeah.
0: Abram. He said that he was not 90 minutes ready. He hasn't played since I think October. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's co-word for I might come in late. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which they not none here. of them have played really since October. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> I it's not really season it. matches, but I get it. Let's see. Um a lot of good questions. Um, I know we've we've got a hit. Oh, Tweet of the week. That's because this team. is a perfect time to talk about that.
2: Is Coach in the stream, by the way?
1: I don't know. Uh, I haven't I seen him. We'll have to we'll let him know. Because we're talking about his online. the halftime bar meetup that he puts on all the time. And yeah. he's the one that does it. I don't know if he's in here.
2: Yeah, but his forbidden words this season. Knee. Oh, yes, he's here. There he is. Torn. Nice. Rupture.
0: Twisted and Orlando. <laughs> so he forgot the word cone. We can't have anybody tripping on cones or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. No kidding.
1: But, um, yeah. Thanks, coach. And
2: yeah, good to have you on. Good to have
1: all of yeah. you on, by the way. It's a good list. Very good list, especially that sixth one. I like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Mark For asking sure. Does Luke Brennan or Alan Carlton get a homegrown deal this season or next offseason? Um, for me, Luke Brennan. Next. Yeah, Brennan TV. for sure. Yeah. Um. Bruno asking, who would be your guest for the first two subs if Atlanta's losing? Um, me and Tommy, apparently. <laughs> uh, because if, if Yakamakis isn't isn't good um, to play, I mean you gotta expect Jackson Conway will be in there. So probably him. And I don't know, man. I would like to see Tyler Wolf if it's that if you know, if you gotta change something up. I mean, of course he's a kind of a wild card because we haven't seen him, but I don't think you're gonna need to give Almada a break, but if you just wanna switch something up, um Tyler Wolf would be a good one to throw in there and see what happens.
0: Gotta be yeah. NtN and Sedage for me. Yeah. That's fair.
1: It's a good shout. That's fair. Um, Coach D saying see you all half. Thanks for buying everyone around. Tommy, <laughs> no, it's <a> Tyler. <laughs> it's Tyler, I was not called out, so you
0: were first. All right. Um, where is Eric Lopez? Where in the world is Eric Lopez? Can Eric Lopez is going to make that show a up segment in the... every week where we just all do fan fiction and we come up with where is where is Eric Lopez. Gosh. I set up alerts on my Instagram. If he posts, I'm going to know. Somewhere in it Atlanta. Is seconds.
1: It is a Wednesday night at 838. Where do you think he is right now? Somewhere in Atlanta. I'm going to say. He's in the Jurgen Dom suite. That's where he lives. <laughs> He's at that, the brand that... new. Is it is it Whataburger that they just opened up?
2: Yes. We have a Whataburger.
1: We, we just got one. Oh. Oh. So that's where Two. Eric Rappers is at. That's what I'm saying.
0: I might have to come get that. <laughs> if you don't mind waiting in line.
1: Yeah. They've had police it's having a direct crazy. traffic in and out of it for like a month.
0: People do that out here for other fast food places.
1: Aerial <laughs> like like spike at the whole <laughs> <airport>. <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so we talk about predictions for the match and then prediction on how Eleni finished the season. Let's do I'm it. Sure. What you got? So do we want to do the match first? Let's do the match first, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking 2-2. 2 draw. I think maybe BC scores. Espinosa, I think he scores. And then for Atlanta, Almada. And who's going off the top of my head? Koopman.
1: Okay.
0: So 2-2. Tommy, what you got? 2-1 Atlanta. Oh, I have no specifics of what happens, uh, but Guzan allows one in where everybody just starts groaning.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say actually two one was my guess as well, uh, and I'll give you Ebabisi as the one, and for Atlanta I'm going to say Arujo and Almada. Okay, so please, <laughs> please. Uh, all right, so for the season, for the season, because mm-hmm. everybody's coming out with them, all the MLS guys, everybody else, where does Atlanta end up in the Eastern Conference this year?
0: Man, the MLS predictions, like MLS.com predictions were all over the place. <laughs> I mean, really I, I don't think I've ever seen a team have such a, a broad ceiling and floor.
1: It really is all over the place. But I, want, I, I will say majority were a little a little further towards the uh, the back end than I thought they would be.
2: I want Pineda to pull a Josh Wolf and lemonade all predictions and come out at the end of the season and call everybody out saying, I got the receipts. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't,
0: you, can't, you can't back away. <laughs> Zilf said, uh, Garth expects a home playoff game. Well, good news. As long as you don't have to play the play-in, you're going to have a home playoff game. <laughs> so that's... As long as you're eighth, you get a home playoff game. Right. Yeah, no kidding.
1: Just got to make it in.
0: All right. That's cool. That is the one positive, I think, that is out there about the playoffs. Something anyone's really talking about is that, one, your team gets to make a little bit of cash because you could fill the stadium for a playoff game. But... I think it's good for the fans because they'd be able to enjoy it too. I mean, that's the only positive I really do see out of these playoffs.
1: All right. Well, what you got, Sydney? Um, uh, I
2: was going to say, uh, considering everyone, pretty much everyone makes playoffs. No, uh, <laughs> I was going to say ninth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I would say optimistically, a uh, f- mid table finish, would be out of the question, maybe a fifth or sixth place finish. If everything comes together the way it's supposed to. I don't think that this team is necessarily one of the elite teams in MLS per se when everything is clicking, but I think that their offense will get them out of a lot of scrapes when their midfield and defense lets them down. So I'm a half full kind of person, I am going to say, and maybe fifth, sixth, at the worst, seventh. And hopefully they can wreak some havoc in this new expanded playoff that we have now.
1: Tommy, go for it. What you got?
0: If you were able to make this like a FIFA video game and turn off injuries and uh, turning what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, the exhaustion of the players. stamina. So, yeah, stamina. <laughs> thank you. If you could turn all that off, this team would be a top three team. But – since we can't do that, I'm I'm gonna say we're gonna be fifth.
1: Man, I, this is weird. I'm normally like the one that's super glass half full, and I was gonna say sixth. So, I mean, that's still up there, but I don't know. I, I would love for a fourth, but I th- I also think it's gonna depend on how Pineda takes some of these other. These other fixtures like League's Cup and the Open Cup and everything else, you know. So, if he decides to come out and and really go for one of those, you got to expect the 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 stamina, like you said, Tommy, is is gonna it's gonna start to hit these guys in that that last half of the season. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, I'll say sixth. I like it. Still get you in the playoffs. So whatever. then um, <laughs> you just see what happens from there.
0: Depth is bad. Depth is really bad right now uh, on the squad. And like if Almada gets hurt, you don't have much behind him. And that's that's what's worrisome here is that you know there's you could be rolling for three months and you get an injury to one of those key spots. And that's for a lot of MLS teams. There's very few teams that have really good depth, but there's definitely some teams that have better depth. And I think that's what we're working on going into next season and getting some more financially safe contracts, I think that's going to be the the key going forward with Garth, you know, as president, but right now you don't have that, so yeah, depth is health is going to be huge here.
2: I'll say this real quick. It's probably what Garth said he expected Atlanta to be or have a home playoff spot in 2023 because he knew about the new playoff format where like everyone gets in and it's a best of three series for eight through one, so I imagine one of those three matches will be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium if Atlanta United were to make it. So, probably what he meant when he said he expects a home playoff match.
0: He knew it was. You know, coming. Ariel made a comment here about the fact that we're all saying mid-table, says how much the expectations have fell for yeah. this team. I would counter that with the rest of the league has gotten a lot better as well from what you look at when Atlanta United came in. <laughs> there were a lot of teams that were just playing with the half deck and now they're starting to jump on board and get better. Whereas at some of the points where we got worse, you mm. know, scouting was, has just been and analytics is what we've been talking about. Right. Like these are things that this team struggled on and early on they got it right. And, and, you know, whether you want to say Boca got it right. And which I think he did in a lot of it, but you also have, you have Tata, they, they got a lot more right. Right. I mean, he picked a lot of these players mm. So I, it's definitely a combination of of us struggling over the years with contracts and 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 bad contracts and just other teams getting better. I mean, you, you look at a team like the Columbus Crew, who has signed, I think, two and two years, two and three years record signings for the for their franchise, a team that was historically cheap uh, on on their end, and now they're spending a lot of money. Other teams are spending a lot of money, so. It's not just Atlanta anymore. Other teams are are willing to commit to their team. And it's good for MLS, but it just means that we've got to get smarter. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think one thing is for certain, at least in my opinion, I think you're going to have a lot of nail biters this season. And whether Atlanta ends up 8th or 10th or like 2nd or 3rd, I think it's going to be a very fine margin in terms of like last season you looked at the little individual mistakes that kept Atlanta from making the playoffs. And you just think, man, if, if one of those, if, you know, a little fluke by one of the defenders, if one of the 20 freaking four shots that they had against Cincinnati, you know, in that one game would have went in something, then they would have made the playoffs. And I think this season, I think you're going to see that kind of fine margin in terms of not necessarily making the playoffs, because again, it's, they they should they have to make the playoffs this season, but in terms of how high they they seed, so I think it'll be fun. I think it's gonna be a fun season. At least you you're showing already that you can score goals, and I hope Arujo finally makes my prediction from last year come true of being MVP. We shall see. Well, any final thoughts before the first game of the season? Not at M- Yeah.
2: That was a good so one. Let's so hope everyone has fun on the pitch, too. Yeah,
1: as, long as they have will.
0: fun. Who cares if they win, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do have
2: one thing to add. It's not MLS, but it's related to soccer. As we're streaming right now, the United States winners' national team is playing Brazil in the final match of the Sri Cup. Um, right now, as we speak, they have a 2 0 lead. Alex Morgan scored apparently a really good goal in the stoppage time with the first half, and Mallory Swanson, friendly Mallory Pugh, scored in the 63rd minute. And Mallory I was at Mallory Pugh. Mallory Swanson has just been on some kind of form in 2023 thus far, and that really bodes well for the World Cup. I'm sure she'll be there. I mean, at this rate, but really bodes well for the World Cup. And let's hope that
0: continues. And the U-17s. I
1: didn't know she got married.
0: I was looking at the roster the other day, and I was like, where's Pugh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, an idiot. I'm an idiot. That was my favorite name to say. Like every time she would shot, I'd go, pew, pew, pew. pew. Well, you can still <laughs> say it, but she doesn't go with it anymore. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm just
1: You can just know. say it. I mean, why, not, why stop? You know? I like yeah. it. Um,
2: but yeah, I'm sure, you know, Danceby's happy. I mean, Danceby Swanson, of course, former Bray's yep. star, now with the Chicago Cubs. I'm sure he's happy to see Mel doing well. So. Yeah.
1: Hey, it all comes back to Atlanta somehow, right?
2: Exactly. Atlanta uh-huh. influences everything.
1: That's right. So, <laughs> with that, guys, um, the Heineken halftime bar meet up, y'all will hopefully come see us. We'll be there in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Uh, we'll also be in the backyard. I know, like, my family's coming. I think you know, Tommy, your family's coming. Um, right? You're bringing your family uh, just
0: my wife, and my buddy. We're we're drinking. Oh, Okay.
1: Well. So, part of your family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whatever. But, no, we'll, we'll be in the backyard before the match, uh, before we go our separate ways for a little bit. And then at halftime, we'll we'll go to the halftime, the uh, Heineken bar, and we'll try to jump in that picture with everybody. Hopefully, there's enough people there to where we have to tell the stadium security to just leave us alone for 30 seconds while we try to get this freaking picture. But that's my hope. We'll see.
0: I'll start at the Terminus tailgate. So, when the Terminus come – Say hi, and then I'll be moving over to the backyard. My friends, uh, they have their own little mini, uh, supporters group called the Backyardigans. <laughs> so th- they're usually hanging out around there. So that's where I'll I'll be for a lot of the time. Nice. And
1: please subscribe on YouTube. Follow yes. us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Uh, Bruno saying he's going to be testing Apple TV from Peru. Hey man, I hope it works well for you. So. Yeah, follow us. Follow us here, uh, Sydney S H Wrights, myself Tyler Pilgrim at ATL Pilgrim, Tommy Tommy ATL ninety six, and then check out uh, all of our social medias, YouTube, especially Twitch, both at Scarves and Spikes, and then Twitter Mm -hmm. is at Scarves the letter N Spikes, and Instagram Scarves and Spikes. So we're everywhere now.
0: You just got to get on MySpace, and we got them all. (laughs) (laughs)
1: LinkedIn, here we come.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. Search mm-hmm. "Dirty South Soccer" and your favorite podcatcher, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well. That really does help us a lot. But yeah, appreciate you all. Thanks for watching and listening. And yeah, any less
1: words? Go Atlanta! We'll see y'all Saturday. Let's
0: get crazy this weekend.
1: I'm gonna try to smuggle a beer and drop it on somebody from from up top when <laughs> we score a goal. <laughs> well, you're
0: buying everybody beer, so you, you're. Oh, man, gonna have a chance. <laughs> not everybody
1: PBR or something. That's what I can afford. Thanks, everyone.
0: Right. We'll see you next time. See, see ya.
1: ya.